pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. In the last moments, a stunning development in the Gabby Petito case. We now learn Gabby Petito strangled dead. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. The coroner has released the cause of death. Take a listen to this. I'm Dr. Brent Blue, uh, Teton County, Wyoming coroner. After a detailed investigation by our forensic pathologist, our anthropologist, and local law enforcement, with assistance from the FBI, the Teton County Coroner's Office is following the following verdict. In the manner of death of Gabrielle Lenora Petito, we find the cause and manner to be caused death by strangulation and manner uh, is homicide. By Wyoming state statute, only the cause and manner of death are released. Their uh, autopsy findings and photographs and that sort of material is not released uh, by state statute. What is the coroner withholding from us and why? Is there bruising? Uh, was it manual strangulation? Was it ligature? What else about that autopsy? do they not want us to know yet? Again, thank you for being with us. With me, an all-star panel to make sense of it all. Joining me, Wendy Patrick, California prosecutor, author of Red Flags at wendypatrickphd.com and host of Today with Dr. Wendy KCBQ, Dr. Angela Arnold, renowned psychiatrist, joining us from the Atlanta jurisdiction at angelaarnoldmd.com, founder, director of the Cold Case Research Institute, Cheryl McCollum at coldcasecrimes.org, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon, and star of a new hit series on iHeart podcast, Body Bags, with Joe Scott Morgan. But straight out to investigative reporter with WFLA-TV, joining me right now, Masa Saidi, on the case from the very beginning. Were you surprised at all with what the coroner said? Strangulation death. 
I mean, it has been just an absolutely heartbreaking day. We know that the Petito family knew this was coming, that officials were in touch with them. But as you said, we just learned from the Teton County coroner that Gabby Petito was strangled. It's unclear if it was manual or with an object. We also learned that her body had been outside in the wilderness, likely for three to four weeks before it was discovered. We had no other information about her remains, as you mentioned right off the top, Nancy, about any potential prior injuries, if the body had been moved, none of that. Uh, the Teton County Coroner, Dr. Brent Blue, kept saying that his job was only to determine the cause of death and the manner of death. Reporters were peppering him with tons of questions. Everyone was asking him about Brian Laundrie, about the potential suspect, and he kept saying that he could reveal nothing about the suspect. But then he made a statement that to me was stunning. He said, unfortunately, and I'm quoting here, he said, this is only one of many deaths around the country of people who are involved and domestic violence. And when he said that, that just struck me because he said he couldn't reveal anything about the suspect, but then he made that statement. Um, I do want to be clear that officials have not released any information directly linking Brian Laundrie to Gabby Petito's death. He's wanted for bank card fraud. Nancy. Okay, hold on right there. Masa Saidi, I usually appreciate every single thing you say without exception. And that was a real catch that you caught where the coroner actually said this is just another case uh where a, a woman is dead of after domestic and that has been involved in domestic violence the parsing of the words is very very critical here and you caught that but uh <laughs> when you say that brian laundry is not a domestic is not the the person of interest in the murder are, are you suggesting masa that Brian Laundrie takes her possessions, takes her laptop, takes her vehicle, takes her debit card, uses her debit card, drives across the country without her in her van, and then somebody else just happened along their campsite and killed her? I completely understand what you're saying. I just wanted to make it clear that as of right now, the only documents that I've seen, he's wanted for bank card fraud, and he's been named a person of interest in her disappearance. And then later we found out that she was dead, that it was a homicide. Now we know it was strangulation. I completely understand what you're saying. I'm just trying to be um, extra to stick to the court documents here, Nancy. Well, you're right, Master Saeedi, of course, WFLA-TV, joining us straight out to founder director of the Cold Case Research Institute, Cheryl McCollum. Okay, Cheryl McCollum, we called it. Yep. Strangulation, yep. asphyxiation, weigh in. It's gonna be manual and I will tell you, it jumped out at me as well when they, you know, he leaked the domestic violence part. But there were three things in addition to the strangulation announcement mm -hmm. that I zeroed in on. The domestic violence comment, the fact that he mentioned she he said she was not pregnant. So that gets rid of one motive right there that eliminates what some people were theorizing. And then the third thing, he confirmed that law enforcement did come and get DNA samples prove no one else touched her you know that's very significant and i am just wondering if there's any chance whether um semen survived whether epithelial cells survived whether saliva or any type of dna on her body could have survived 
three to four weeks in the elements. Out to you, Joe Scott Morgan, what about it? Yeah, I think that would be very difficult, Nancy, externally. Now, internally, and again, we don't know anything relative to sexual assault or anything like that. Internally, you got a better shot. Externally, I think that it's it's a long shot at best to recover any kind of uh, DNA. Well, wait a minute. What about on clothing? Perhaps on clothing, but again, it would have to be shielded and protected, Nancy. Consider that we went through multiple, multiple days out in the exposed area. We're talking about rain. We're talking about wind. We're talking about heat, which can come, you know, uh, this biological sample is very, very fragile, Nancy, when you begin to think about the DNA. And plus, plus, it's already indwelling in an environment in which a body is deco decomposing. And again, that adds a whole nother layer of compromise as far as physical evidence is concerned. Cheryl McCollum, uh, she's strangled to death. I agree with you. It's going to be manual strangulation and a fit mm -hmm. of anger, which does not negate premeditation or intent but what about right. on the back of her neck that was shielded by her hair protected by her hair do you think there's at all of epithelial cells and is it time to bring in the vac um, i would absolutely it, it's beyond time for that um what i imagine is after 23 days of those harsh elements extreme heat and extreme cold and then the wildlife they have out there it's going to be probably virtually nil but i will say Remember the fire pit that was near her that I believe the killer would have built. There were items there that might have been rummaged through, perhaps put back in a backpack or some type of container. If that's the case, whoever touched these one of those items, again, that might have been protected somewhat. Um, and that's what I would say. What about her fingernails? You know she had to fight back. Yeah, Nancy, I, I, yeah, and I can tell you that at autopsy, they would have done nail scrapings and also nail clippings. And again, he's not releasing any of I'll this. Have a picture of Gabby, please. He's not releasing any of this information. You know, he, he keeps stating, as well he should, that it's not, you know, if per statute, he cannot release it. One other significant thing here, Nancy, that we're forgetting is that he was specifically asked if she was in fact buried. And he didn't say either way. Now we've heard some reports that say she was on top of the ground, but he didn't really go there. Now I will say this, if she was buried in any way, any portion of the body, that could act as potentially a shield. But again, we don't have that information. Yeah, Nancy, please come to me. Go. I want to say this for everybody to hear me one more time. If Brian Laundry is her killer, he is lazy. He has not buried her. He would not have buried her. No, ma'am. No way. No, he left her out there. Don't you guys remember? Think about it. Wendy Patrick, California prosecutor, joining us. Remember, we could see uh, there were aerials of everyone out there looking, and all of a sudden they looked over and saw something and went over there. Yeah. And I, I'm telling you, she was not buried. Cheryl McCollum is correct. I wish it was, as Joe Scott theorized, that she had been buried and maybe some of that DNA would have been saved. But no, it, she was not buried. Yeah, and you know what, Nancy? That actually might be something that the, a future prosecutor uses to our advantage because it's not going to be solved through DNA unless, of course, there was third-party DNA. But you would expect this couple's been together forever. Brian Laundrie's DNA is all over her. But it's really solved through the circumstantial evidence of what happened afterwards. We know we have the cause of death. Hopefully they can put Brian in the vicinity. I don't know whether we'll find a specific 
specific day and time, but at least a range. And then look at his conduct afterwards, the using the credit card, flying back home. Everything that he did circumstantially might be of more value in proving his guilt than forensically. Big thank you to our partner in making today's program possible is Grand Canyon University. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes we're endowed with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. Offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides you a path to help fulfill your dreams. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private Christian affordable. Visit gcu.edu. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. How and can we narrow the range down to, let's just say, a 72-hour period? Let's think it through. Because we know she's last seen on a certain date. She speaks to her mother on a certain date. And then he's gone without her on a certain date using her debit card. So wouldn't we be able to narrow the range of, say, when her cell phone, uh, well, there were those fake texts sent. So I think we can narrow, narrow the range of the time of death by extrinsic forensic evidence, such as phone uh, pinging, navigation within the for transit the use of the debit cards the sighting of him without her but speaking of dna take a listen to our cut 289 this is the teton county coroner dr brent blue listen yes hi doctor how are you i am curious if any dna samples were taken from gabby's remains and also if the body was intact, are you able to tell us the condition of Gabby's remains? Uh, I can tell you the DNA samples were taken by law enforcement. And all I can tell you about remains is that uh, the body was outside for three to four weeks. I guarantee you that they can narrow it down to a, a date more certain than three to four weeks. I guarantee you how that I don't know. I'm a JD, not an MD, but also listen to our cut 288. Still speaking, the Teton County Coroner, Dr. Brent Blue. Listen. Well, the main reason was uh, that we were very exacting in our examination and the detail by which that examination was done. 
We were waiting for uh, 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 various uh, specialists to come in and, and help us with this investigation. We were waiting on toxicology uh, to be returned. And it was just a matter of making sure we had everything right. What type of experts were being flown in? What about it, Cheryl McCollum? Who did they fly in to Teton County? Well, they, they had an anthropologist, a toxicologist, a person that did the complete pathology, and another person that did a complete CAT scan. So they have, you know, lots of really significant folks on this thing. And Joe Scott, what are they looking for with a CAT scan? Yeah, hey, listen, I've got to say something, Nancy. When he said CAT scan, my my jaw hit the ground because mm -hmm. for us in the ME world, typically what you do is portable x-rays. They've kicked it up to an entire different level. You know, everybody's saying that this is, you know, out in East Egypt, that they're isolated. Listen, they've got, they've got top-line technology. And he said, this is it. He said, her body did not leave our facility. They actually did a CAT scan inside the facility. So you get a three-dimensional view of the body. It's not just this kind of flat uh, lack of detail x-ray where things are smudged and it's hard to pick them out. You've seen these in, in testimony in court. This CAT scan is going to be the difference. And particularly, we're talking about strangulation. What if, in fact, her hyoid was fractured? That's actually something that you can appreciate in detail if it's still intact there in the neck again we don't know anything about animal activity but that is a big big clue a big clue as to what it's a big clue as to remember what he said he's going after detail he consulted all of these all of these individuals and he brought technology forward not only did he uh, did he document this with uh, the the fbi team that's there he's actually documenting it through imagery that we don't normally have you know forget about photographic imagery and that sort of thing, you can actually appreciate even this far out, you can pick up on things like hemorrhage relative to decomposed body with a CAT scan that you would not necessarily be able to pick up with x-ray. Well, I can tell you this much. As soon as the coroner said three to four weeks, we backdated it. And you know what that is, Cheryl McCollum, August 22 to 29. That's right. And that's something we talked about on your show, Agnosium. And I will tell you, we, even on your show, said she was dead by the 28th. He was sending bogus texts by the 30th, and he was already on the way home. He was well into his trip on the way home because he got home on September 1st. So, Nancy, what they're going to do, and what I would do if this was my case, I want to know the last time that she posted on social media. I want to know from her phone, if there's a cloud, the last photograph she took. She takes extraordinary pictures. So they're going to be able to tell the last FaceTimed her mom on the 25th, they stopped hearing from her by the 28th. We know it was bogus by the 30th. We can get within 48 hours right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. And that's just by using our noggins. And that's what I mean by forensic, extrinsic evidence, not evidence that is gleaned from her body. But I do want to point out, Jackie and I were just looking at her nails. They're not long. They're about like mine. They're not long, but there's something there, something that would leave a scratch mark. I mean, you wouldn't expect a, an environmentalist like her, a nature lover like her, to have long nails where she had to go to the salon every week. But she has enough nails to have some skin under them, right? Yeah, she she does, Nancy. And this is the thing about it. If everybody at home, uh, particularly those that take care of their nails really well, if you think about the wooden sticks that people use to push, uh, push their cuticles back, that's something that we actually use in the morgue to do what's called nail scrapings. You don't have to have long nails to facilitate this. You can go into the bed, you hold a druggist paper beneath it, you capture anything that drops into that fold. And what they're looking for, what they're specifically looking for, are going to be skin cells 
more than likely. What did those parents not want us to see on Brian Laundry? Why was he kept away from everyone during the days he was at home? I want you to take a listen to our cut 292. Again, this is the Teton County Coroner, Dr. Brent Blue. Hi, doctor. This is Terry Parker from WPBF in Palm Beach County, Florida. I'm wondering if you said you were very thorough in this autopsy and examination. Could you give us an example of the type of test and um, uh, analysis that you performed? Uh, this autopsy uh, included a whole body CAT scan, uh, a examination by a forensic uh, pathologist, an examination by a forensic uh, anthropologist uh, and uh, toxicology uh, uh, evaluation. So uh, it was we pretty much covered all the bases. You know it. All eyes are on the Teton County Coroner's Office. You know they did it all. And as you heard Joe Scott Morgan analyze, they didn't just do a, a portable x-ray on her. They brought in CAT scan equipment. They did it right. But what did they learn I found the coroner to be somewhat coy, but matter-of-fact as well, stating, I don't have to release this to you. This is an ongoing investigation. Uh, we only have to tell you cause of death, manner of death. Everything else will remain close to the vest. To Dr. Angela Arnold, psychiatrist, joining us out of Atlanta at AngelaArnoldMD.com. What do you think? We have finally learned the cause of death, not manner, cause. She was strangled, and I guarantee you it was manual. When I say manual v. ligature, I mean ligature is with a pair of pantyhose or a stocking or a scarf. Nancy? Manual is with your hands. Yes. Go ahead, doctor. Nancy, this is what I have been saying all along. True. The domestic violence, the intimate partner violence that was going on, he slapped her. That was the last thing we saw. We have it on. They have hurt him admitting to that. Strangulation. Strangulation happens over time, okay? The violence becomes more severe. This is what was going on in this situation. My thought is, I don't know, maybe they had another altercation in the van. You they, think? They, mm -hmm, you they, think? They got out what of the about van that warden, the female warden that said, hey, you need to rethink whether you want to go forward with this guy. It's toxic. Yes. Do you remember that, Cheryl? Nancy, I remember, and that's one of the things that makes me so hard. I mean, now you've got complete strangers coming up to her and saying, hey, little girl, this is bad. You need to get out of this. And now she's dead by manual strangulation? There's two things that happened in that instant. That female officer saying to her, your relationship seems toxic. And during that event, right there on the side of the road, her calling her parents. You know, I mean, in hindsight, you just wish she had turned that staying around and driven home herself. Big thank you to our partner in making today's program possible is Grand Canyon University. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes we're endowed with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community.
Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. Offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides you a path to help fulfill your dreams. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans, and yet There's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Jackie pointed out something as well. Let's look back at that Moab August 12 incident, as it's been being called, when finally she revealed that Brian Laundrie grabbed her by the face. And I can just see that hand going down to her neck. I mean, can anybody but me visualize this happening to her? I mean, she's basically told us. What happened? And you know what Laundrie said, Nancy. Laundrie said that she lost her balance but was able to scratch his face, just what we were talking about before. So both of them, in some sense, give us some of the clues that we're looking for now. Nancy, can I jump in? Yes, jump. Starting on August 12th, what we know from the 12th to September 1st, he supposedly flew home to take care of the storage room to save money. He has a fit with some waitress at a restaurant over the bill, which is money. He heads to the, you know, phone store, but Mama has to buy it because he ain't got no money. He used her debit card, money. He stands on the side of the road talking to that police officer who's treating him as the victim and says, uh, one of them says, well, can you afford a hotel? And he says, no. And his exact quote is, uh, I got very little money. That the motive and when you're looking at domestic violence again that is one one crap how did brian laundry escape when did he escape we know the laundry family is coming out on their lawn at two and three o'clock in the morning to empty the trash to clean up the yard did he leave in the night surreptitiously? Is this the norm for them? Take a listen to our cut 274, our friend Athena Jones. New details emerging about the period after Laundry returned home in Petito's white van without Petito on September 1st and before Laundry left his parents' home on September 13th, telling them he was headed to the 25,000-acre reserve. Northport, Florida police now revealing they were watching Laundry before he left but were limited in what they could do because he had not been charged with a crime. If you talk to a lot of people who have experience in law enforcement, the guy goes for a walk in the Carlton Reserve. He's not wanted for a crime. Uh, I mean, what are, we, what are we supposed to do? We're going to go tree to tree, tree to tree, following him back through the woods? I mean, um, you know, it just wasn't there with the... Hmm. Hmm. I don't know about that. What do you think about that, Joe Scott Morgan? Yeah, hey, look, Nancy, I, 
I have no idea where this guy is. Could he have slipped out in the middle of the night and been out there? I, I don't know. I, th I don't think he's out there right now. I think that he could have been cool in his heels out there for a protracted period of time. But I know that there's connectivity between him and his parents, and it would not surprise me at all if they had not facilitated that trip up to Fort DeSoto to let him slip away into the night, and he's been gone since that period of time. Take a listen to our cut number 276. This is the North Port police spokesperson. Do you have any idea how he got away? Uh, what I'll say is that uh, that is a consistent, uh, something that we're working to figure out as far as how we got away. I, I don't even know how to answer that. Well, what I mean is, you know, if he was staying with his parents at the house and I was out there, there were a lot of police outside the house a lot, a lot of the Why time. Why didn't you see him? I didn't see him and I was out there. Police were out there. I mean, we've heard stories. Could he have gone out a back door? Could he have, you know, run through a yard? I mean, do you have any idea? Yeah. Um, no. I, I think certainly what the family has told us is that he drove out to the park and walked out into the woods. I think that is certainly on the table. Uh, you know what, Cheryl McCall, none of that is fitting together for me. And when it doesn't fit together, that means it's usually false. You want to tell me with all the press and all the cops around that house, nobody saw him leave in a Ford Mustang? According to the police, I mean, according to the family, he didn't walk out, he left in the Mustang. Isn't that what they said? And nobody saw that happen? So they're not magicians. How did it happen? Is it because it didn't happen? Correct. Didn't happen. So anything that Mama has told us, I can tell you, CS, take it straight off the table. Did not happen. If she's leading you somewhere, it's a red herring. I promise you. This is a woman, and I want you to think about it, that sat at a campground making s'mores while Gabby's Mama and daddy and stepdaddy and stepmama called her over 49 times begging where is gabby have you seen her will you help me and she ignored them she ignored their pleas that is the person we're dealing with so how did they do it the last known sighting of brian laundry was when he was at the campgrounds at DeSoto? Was he sighted at any other time? Did neighbors spot him on September 11? Think back at our timeline. To you, Cheryl McCollum and Wendy Patrick, I believe the last time he was actually spotted may have been, well, according to the parents, it was the 13th. Well, that's and you can have the confusion. That's what's causing so much confusion is it, we can't pinpoint a date and put him in a certain place at a certain time. It's going to make it very difficult for us to continue to work backwards. But I agree. This has been one of the most perplexing points in this case, straight from the beginning, almost to the point of embarrassment to everybody around him and all the law enforcement and the media that were there to hopefully catch a sighting. No one saw anything. It almost makes us second guess the timeline. That would be one of the things I'd be roundtabling if I was trying to solve this case right now. Nancy, hey, Nancy, here's what I'm trying to say. Go ahead. The police were not looking for him until September 11th when she was reported missing. He was gone by then. I'm telling you, 
They said... So what you're saying is what I have long believed, that every time the cops came to the house, remember huh. the word was the parents wouldn't let the cops speak right. to him? I don't think he was even Nancy, there. I've, I think he was long I've gone. I've gone as far as to say I bet that attorney ain't never met with him. I bet he ain't FaceTimed with him. Brian has been gone since the camping trail. I'm telling you. And that's what I mean by the timeline. If the timeline shifts, then the investigation makes more sense that nobody would have seen him leave because he wasn't there to begin with. Those are the kinds of questions I think we're finally asking. I think that... What is it going to take for a murder charge to be handed down? It's going to take some type of DNA, and my bet is it's going to be connected to her fingernails. That's the only thing I can think of right now. Take a listen to our cut, 290. This is Teton County Coroner, Dr. Brent Blue. In the state of Wyoming, there are four possibilities for uh, of a manner of death. They are homicide, suicide, accident, and natural. And those are the four choices. Uh, when we do an investigation, we look at, at the crime scene or the scene of the death, uh, the scene of the body, the condition of the body, uh, and findings at autopsy and toxicology. And uh, that is how we arrive at the uh, manner of death. So it's, uh, it really depends on lots of different circumstances. I've seen that in arson cases where the medical examiner takes a look at the case and then based on extrinsic circumstances, they determine it was homicide, not natural. For instance, if the purpose removed all their clothing and all their jewelry and all their family photos from the home, then leaves the wife to die in the fire. Could it be accident? No, not with all the jewelry and the photos and the clothing removed and stored in a storage container. No, that makes it homicide. Uh, medical examiners, coroners, are a medical examiner today revealing domestic violence homicide. I find that very, very critical. I want you to also take a listen to our cut 291 again, the coroner, 291. Was there any impact on her body from weather or wild animals in the national park? Uh, all I can really comment about that is that her body was outside in the wilderness for three to four weeks. Okay, granted, that's a setback. But Joe Scott Morgan, if you are under a tree like I believe she was, even though not buried, there is one thing that may stay intact other than evidence inside the body such as semen under her nails would be protected to some degree. Yeah, it would Jessica. because there's so much force. If, if folks will imagine fingernails much like a plow on an unplowed field where they're digging into furrows, that's what happens with fingernails when individuals are trying to fight people off. It curls up fingernail. And what happens is there's such force behind that. Think about anybody that has ever fought someone off. You're in just this ferocious state where you're trying to get the individual off of you. Anything you can do just to save your life, she's putting force behind it. And so that the fingernail acts like a little hood that the skin and the tissue deposits under. So yeah, it's very difficult to kind of root that out. It's not like if you have skin cells that are laying on top of a body that aren't embedded, say for instance, that can be blown away, it can be washed away, it can be compromised by heat, not with the fingernails. It's very, very significant that they're looking into this. That's gonna go to the trace evidence section, Nancy, at the FBI, they're gonna take a real close look at those nail scrapings.
But Joe Scott, I, w- I would put someone like you on the stand if I were the prosecutor to say how long would that DNA last under the nails? Because remember, supposedly she scratched him in Moab. So would that then be possible that it was still under the nails from that incident or would it have been fresh because of the strangulation? I, I got to tell you, there's another piece to this. I'm glad you said something, Wendy. That Another question that was asked. One of these reporters actually had the presence of mind to say, hey, doc, have you seen any evidence of previous injuries, healing injuries, that sort of thing? And he wouldn't comment on that. He said that he can't comment on that. And that's something that I've held forward on. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if, look, going back to Mac's statement, if you will go out and you will slap around a 95-pound woman in the middle of the street in public view, if you'll do that, what will you do in private, okay? How Pretty long had this abuse been going on? You know, and you were the first one that I knew of, Joe Scott, to point out those um, resolving bruises on her back that you spotted when she was snow, when she was sand surfing. Do you remember that, those photos that she had posted? And they're very, very plain to see. Guys, take a listen to our cut 294, our friends at WFLA 294. This is the new statement just into the newsroom, uh, courtesy of our colleague, Investigator Masa Saidi. It says, quote from Stephen Bertolino, Gabby Petito's death at such a young age is a tragedy. O'Brien Laundry is currently charged with the unauthorized use of a debit card belonging to Gabby. Brian is only considered a person of interest in relation to Gabby Petito's demise. At this time, Brian is still missing. When he is located, we will address the pending fraud charges against him, end quote. That is the new statement, a courtesy of Masa Saidi from Stephen Bertolino. What jumped out to me, JB, is that this statement acknowledges that he is accused yes. of fraud using Gabby's card, which the the charging document did not say. Um, The family attorney on Dr. Phil did say they believed it was her card. Here is the attorney for the Laundry family acknowledging that he is charged with unauthorized access to her bank account, which I think is significant. Big thank you to our partner in making today's program possible is Grand Canyon University. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes we're endowed with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. Offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides you a path to help fulfill your dreams. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private Christian affordable. Visit gcu.edu. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from the Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. 
even now that the cause of death has been determined to be strangulation, once again, the family of Brian Laundrie, along with their lawyer, is giving some innocuous response about the debit card, how he's only a person of interest in the debit card. He's only a suspect. He's only charged with the debit card. As if they want me to look there and not at the dead body. What 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 is that, Dr. Angie Arnold? Well, and also the dead body that was found next to the van that they were traveling in. And I have a question, Nancy. You know, this may not be the first time he's tried to strangle her. Domestic abusers will often strangle their, their uh, partner in order to gain control over them, but they don't always kill them when they do that, okay? And I'm wondering if the coroner is looking for signs of previous strangulation by this guy. Because you can often, oftentimes it's very unnoticeable from the outside if someone has been strangled. They can develop a hoarse voice and some different things like that. But I just wonder if they're looking for other signs of previous strangulation too. Guys, we've got Gabby alive on August 27 with Brian Laundry at the Mary Piglet restaurant. Remember that? They were spotted together on August 27, alive. All right, so that's narrowing my timeline right there. But he's home on 9-1. We've got it narrowed now between 8-27 and 9-1. And what about the two days he was traveling? That would be um, the 31st and the 30th. So now we've narrowed it even more. What about that, Cheryl? I'm telling you, she was dead by the 28th. I believe it took him almost three days to get home. Nancy, that's a long trip. He was already fatigued. He was freaked out. He had no money. He had no food. He hadn't slept the night before because he's having to dispose of her. So it would have taken him a lot longer to get all the way to Florida from Wyoming. So you believe... She's dead on August 28th. Now, what do we have to do? How do we narrow the time of death, Joe Scott Morgan? How can we forensically do that with her body so I can place him with her on that date? Yeah, one of the, you know something that Corner mentioned very specifically, Nancy, and I'm glad that he brought this up. We do know that a forensic anthropologist was was involved, and it sounds right. like they were present at the morgue. That's essential. But also, he said that samples had been taken by the FBI and had been sent to the forensic entomologist. That's the guy, the, the gal that studies the bugs mm -hmm. and the progression. And also something's coming up, forensic botany perhaps, and that's the growth of the little plants, the little seedlings. All of those things marry up on a timeline. And listen, when it comes to bugs, did you know that bugs actually have manners? They only show up after other species have gone. So we can check a progression like maggot husk and that sort of thing. How are these things developing? They only show up in specific time. They kind of march along. So that's one of the ways they're okay, going to do you know this, what? Nancy. Scott, the rest of us, we, we know what you're talking about, but you've got to break it down and regular people talk. For instance, we find Gabby's body and we find right. on her body, um, let's just say, blowflies all right? right what would that tell you break it down to real examples not just theoretical words or latin phrases okay yeah 
what the blowflies are looking for, and they're one of the first species to show up in any kind of case like this where a body is outdoors. They're looking for warm, moist areas where they can lay their eggs, and that is essential. That's when the cycle actually begins. The eggs are deposited, and then they take a very specific time to develop. And then when they develop, you'll have maggot that come to life. They burst through out of these eggs. And they're, I'm not going to go into the specific details of where they are. But as they mature, those little husks that they develop crack open. They go through various stages. And then a new a new crop of blowflies uh, present. And then after that, they come back and they lay more eggs in that specific area, Nancy. And how, how's that important? Well, there's a specific time like of maturation. Yes, it is. It specifically is. You couple that with the little sprouts of plants that are growing up in that area. And if they took their time at the scene, which I think they did, they collected all of this data and it's gone to probably Quantico. So you're saying sprouts and growth under her body? Yes, I think that there could be growth beneath, and it all depends on the little seedlings. And a lot of this is dependent upon the type of time of year. They're going to be looking at these things because certain things only appear at specific times of the year. You have to know very specific details about the geography in which you find these bodies. So if I can properly analyze the etymology angle of Gabby Petito's body, I will be able to determine how long she has been there based on that etymologic timeline yeah you're absolutely right and that would imply and again this is very broad but that's how we kind of narrow things down did a body come from another geographic location or did it uh, did the body succumb there also we look at these things like with soil you know there's been a lot of questions about well did she die there well if you're in a another location that has different kinds of soil you find that on the body you know that soil is not associated with that that's why in forensics trace evidence is so very important and that covers you know the gamut you know relative what, though, to nails it boil down to yeah. this Cheryl and everybody jump in the 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 van her Thank transit you. is parked here then there's some grass right then there's a creek then there's yeah. a log and there's yeah. her body it's right there by and where and the where he had parked art. her yeah all all of that is true everything that Joe Scott said was fabulous but I'm going to lose you know just use a little horse sense here for you they're going to ping his cell phone. They're going to look at where he first bought gasoline with her debit card, and they're going to backtrack the time it would have taken him to drive there, even if he was driving 100 miles an hour. Then they're going to see when did he first call home, because remember, Mama changed the number of people that were going to go camping before he got home. So there was some communication. So they're going to be able to tell every time he stopped to eat, every time he got gasoline, the amount of hours it took him to get home, and they're going to be able to double back and say he left at approximately this time, which means now she was killed between here and here. As soon as he turns his cell phone on, if he had it off for any period of time, as soon as hers stopped working and where it stopped for the last time. Because remember, when he, when he sent that bogus text on the 30th, he was already en route home. So if he sent that home from the Mexico, I cannot example, wait or to get the ping of where that phone was Absolutely. when he sent the text. Absolutely. No cell service in Yosemite. I mean, for all I know, it, 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 it was in Alabama. No cell service Absolutely. in Yosemite. That one thing 
that one ping is going to tell us so much. And all I can do right now is think about forensic etymology and Gabby's fingernails. We wait as the evidence unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye. For now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible, Easy Breathe. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner.